astrology, feng shui, tarot, crystals. We've all heard about these practices, but what does it all mean? Each week, Mom and me will dive into these topics to present them in an easy, digestible 20 minutes. From full moons to celebrity charts to even red doors, Mom and me will share personal, shocking, and wow factor stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Today, we are talking about Leo season. The sun just moved into Leo here a few hours ago. Yeah, July 24th, 2023. Here comes Leo. Yeah. So that means that midsummer is here. We are officially 30 days past the summer solstice. It's very subtle. I can't say that the the light is going away, you know, that it's getting darker earlier, but it is, right? Yep. I don't know if you have any memories of this when you were a kid, when, you know, like all of a sudden you kind of realize, oh my gosh, it's, it's, uh, we're getting into late July. School's going to be starting again. Yeah. Did you relate to that? Well, I feel like when we were younger, that school didn't start to like the end of August. Whereas now I feel like it starts in the beginning of August. But so I don't think it was July necessarily that I was thinking about that. But I do remember Mm -hmm. that idea of like knowing it's about to close in. Yeah. I have very specific memories and I agree school probably didn't start till September, but just when it got into July, half of July, it was like, oh my God, half the summer's over. What have I done? I haven't done anything, you know? And so there was a panic I I always had, like, where's the fun? I got to find some fun now. Yeah. Well, and this is like that idea about the days getting shorter. So we're talking about the sun, Mm -hmm. um, which Leo's are ruled by the sun and there's two types of leos the seen and the unseen and i think that's where some of the confusion in astrology comes where people dismiss astrology because they think well i'm a leo but i don't need to be on stage i'm not loud i don't make myself known but if we think of that idea of the sun where we quite literally celebrate oh the sun having long days versus the sun having shorter days and not being seen as much, we have to translate those qualities to Leos where sometimes they're on, they're being seen and sometimes they're not. And and sometimes that's just, you know, to, to be seen takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of compromise as well. Yep. I always think kind of the unseen Leo and what I'm trying to say here is that they're not the they're not party central, right? They're not the ones that say, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, there's a lot of Leos out there that just go about their business, tending to their families, tending to their baby. Maybe it's their company. Maybe it's a hobby they have that they love. They generally really do get into something. But anyhow, the unseen Leo, that person's a little more low key. Uh, you know, they may, they're all in, but they may be more passive things that they're into. They might buy season tickets to support their team. They're all in. 
or they mm -hmm. may engage in family activities more than uh, splashy, you know, going out and hitting the club, so to speak. They may place priority on their children's lives, or as I said, whatever their baby is in their life. Yeah, you say children, but we can also throw toys in there because toys are ruled by Leo. Oh. Um, so they could have like a childlike innocence about them where, you, you know, people could be critical, like, have they ever grown up? Because they oh. can keep that essence of the childlike energy. You know what? I've I've known a number of women uh, of, you know, of, of significant age who still have a collection of stuffed animals mm -hmm. or they still have their pet rocks or they still have a Barbie, their Barbie collection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that is it. That's kind of the unseen Leo. And well, we're not trying to minimize them. No, but just for them to better understand, because that when you just boil astrology down to the sun sign, which is where most people's knowledge is, right? They don't relate to that idea of being seen. They might say, well, that's not me. I don't believe in astrology. So, right, understanding more aspects of it than just I need a stage. I think one of the more subtle things as well about Leo, where you might say, nope, I don't like the spotlight. I don't like to be seen, but they might have like great height to them, or they might have a great head of hair, things that people, it's, it's hard not to like take a second glance at them. Even if you're not being showy, you're not wearing sparkles, but there is something about you that grabs other people's attention. And that can be something subtle where you're thinking I'm no one special, but people seeing you for the first time, they do like a double take. Mm, that's true. Eye catching on some level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I wanted to make one more statement about that thought that, you know, uh, Leo's being into their babies, again, their company, their projects with their favorite pastime, their children, you know, uh, they may be very protective of that. And therefore they don't consider doing a lot of uh, trying out for things or signing up for extensive, uh, something that's gonna take a lot of their time because they're, they really understand the impact it may have on their children or on their passion, they may pass something up. And that's, again, it's the unseen Leo. Yeah. Leos might also be more cognizant of the loss or separations in their mm -hmm. life. Um, so that could be things where, oh, just when they're required to move or change jobs, they can really focus on um, those separations, or they might just have big separation stories that kind of define their life. Oh yeah. Where they lost a parent and right. obviously that's very sad, but some people, you know, they celebrate still the anniversary every year They they talk about it a lot and other people mm -hmm. just, you know, it, yep, it is what it is. It was old age and yeah, you don't, you don't see the hurt, I guess, as much. Mm -hmm. Those losses of separation can be like lifelong stories in their life. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. There, the, and it, it, well, I, maybe I shouldn't go into explain, but astrologically, if you if you grasp astrology, you'll understand it's the relationship. The fifth house squares that eighth house, and that's where it all this issue about being exposed maybe to death early on, or even that idea of you know someone really having a big you know life or death battle going on in their life. Again, it doesn't have to be in the bedroom next door. It could have been just in the extended family, but it, they're usually touched by that. Uh, you know, as a child. 
would it also relate to like power? Cause we're talking about eighth house where they might see like a struggle for power within the home between parents or, mm-hmm. you know, have it like some sort of overbearing parent, mm-hmm. but yeah. they could see those power struggles as well. Very early um, in hand in hand with mom, what mom was talking about with mortality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have a second, the other half of the Leo is the scene Leo. And this is what classically generally people talk about in astrology when you say leo they say oh yeah they have to be seen they like to stand up in front of everyone they like to talk they like to get up and dance or you know really show off you know i think we oftentimes think of the classic cheerleader as being a leo yep rah rah getting up in front of the crowd motivating people yep Uh, but okay so let's not go to that kind of old old school kind of translation and let's think of it that they do have maybe a hunger or a drive the scene Mm -hmm. leo to like i gotta take advantage i gotta jump on this i have to take a risk it's like getting a last minute ticket Mm -hmm. because i just have to be there i might pay the highest price even by last minute but i'm gonna i'm gonna pay for it i need to be there there's a, some risk taking that I'll go. I don't care. I'll go by myself if I have to. Yeah. Um, the scene Leo is probably, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but you know, they may be more defiant. They may be more clear with parents or teachers. This is who I am. You know, this is what I prefer. When we go back uh-huh. to that idea about the scene Leo and just saying like, well, that's what most people focus on. I know we um, talked about it on a podcast probably years ago, but that Leo season is the highest season for celebrated birthdays yeah. in restaurants. Yeah. So there was a study done about, you know, what yeah. month or what time frame has the most birthdays or celebrations and it was Leo season. So, you know, could we pull the conclusion that Leos do prefer instead of doing a house party, like let's go out in public, like maybe they want to wear uh, the sash or the tiara or you know, <laughs> right. something that brings that attention or an excuse to get dressed up and be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I love that. that. That's I forgot. That's a great piece that we did talk about. It's been years back, but that is a great it was a fact that we had read about the Restaurant Association had okay. pulled that data. Um, but also, I think Leos generally are considered lucky. Um, uh, the fifth house or Leo is associated with gambling. Again, doesn't make the everyone a uh, Las Vegas style gambler. But having children is one of the biggest gambles. I always say that, you know, people don't don't realize what a gamble it is. But, you know, so there's all levels of type of gambling going on with Leos. But this idea of grabbing and making a decisive decision um, you know, I, I think of a long-term family friend of ours, you know, who we came out to Las Vegas with. Uh, he was the um, a keyboard player. Uh, he had a, a band and, and Bill was a member of it. And, uh, you know, in the middle of February night, cold winter night in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, you know, he said, you know what, I'm moving to Vegas. I'm, I'm moving to Las Vegas. This is it. I'm done with this. And made a decisive executive decision. He admitted later that he driving through the snow to get to this gig. He came to that conclusion. I am so done with this weather. We're not going to do this anymore. And he arrived and just made the announcement. It's one of the reasons him making that announcement is 
how Bill and I ended up here in Las Vegas. Yep. Again, it was such a clear message. This is where I'm going. If you want to go with me, great, no problem. But if you don't, I get it. And he didn't try to, you know, persuade anybody. Anyhow, we ended up here. So I, I'm very sensitive to people who just get that sense of clarity. This is what we need to do. And that, I think, is that idea of the sunshine. Kind of high noon, there are no shadows. You see things exactly the way they are. It may be harsh, but you get re- a re- real good reality check. Yeah. And that's uh, something associated with Leo's. Yeah, and very, so like their unseen siblings, right? So we're talking about two different sides of Leo's, the unseen yeah. or the ones that say, oh no, I love to be seen. Yeah. Uh, but even the seen Leo's, they also need to retreat. So just, uh, I don't know if we've maybe driven this point home clear enough, but like, just like the sun retreats at night and takes mm-hmm. a break, right? As the moon comes out, you know, to, well, for what we can see, same with Leo's. They need activities which allow them to be unseen. So, you know, they can have things where, oh, I love to be seen in that arena. Okay. I love to be out in public, but I have an unlisted phone number where they can go into those extremes of seen and unseen. I think it's also the paparazzi loves this dynamic. They love to, to catch a famous, you know, beautiful actress. They love to catch her, you know, as she's walking her dog with no makeup and torn jeans and, uh, uh, you know, some, you know, t-shirt of some sort. So the idea that they love, it's a moment. This is the other side of her folks. This is what you see. This is what the reality is. So they can, they have to watch themselves because people do kind of, I don't want to say rejoice, but they do sometimes, I think, like seeing somebody being very ordinary, that's someone that's particularly up on a pedestal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other aspect of Leo's, and I think mom's going to go into the interpretation of this, is about um, their practice of the sacred no. Yeah, isn't that a great term? Mm-hmm. I, I just was recently exposed to it here, but the idea is when you say no to something, but it's because it, if you, if you said yes, you'd be diminishing yourself. Yeah. So a sacred no would be like, if we think of Rosa Parks, you know, would, would get, please get up, give me the seat. No, you know, because it, it said something bigger. It, it would have diminished herself to get up and hand this white person the seat on the bus. So again, I know that's really a large example, but we do this all the time where people ask us, you know, would you cover for me? Mm, no, I'm not going to cover for you. You know what I mean? Where it diminishes yourself or puts yourself at risk or puts yourself in harm's way. That you make a point of going, I can't do that. I can't, I can't drink with you. I can't, um, I can't spend all this money with you. I can't afford that trip. You have to say, you know, your sacred, no sacred. No. First of all, it sounds like a negative, right? Mm -hmm. But it flips and it becomes a yes to yourself. Mm. So you can acknowledge, you know, Hey, this is who I am. Um, these are my values. 
Um, you can't, you know, I, I can't be drug into this. So it's, it's good news. The sacred no and learning to use it. I mean, you know, it's a big deal. Yep. You know, I've been in a lot. I know you have it too. Gone to a lot of, you know, self-healing type of classes or read self-healing books and that idea of learning to say no. That is a Leo quality. I mean, it's something that we can all benefit from, you know, like just listening to it, but yeah. um, it could be something where, uh, you know, other signs feel more comfortable saying no at a younger age, where Leo is something, it is more of a lifelong lesson or it's something that they're really building to. Yeah. And, and if you needed a better example, just think Leo, generally we think of children, Leo yeah. rules children. And then these children grow up and at some point, they say no to the parent. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I don't know if you can go back and you're you're maybe I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to be reminded of it, maybe. But you know, every point you say something to the parent that that is saying something bigger. You're saying, "I'm myself, and I'm not you." Mm -hmm. And it can be a hurtful way to be said, or can just be done by, "Wow." You know, my mother used to make all my clothes for me. And I was out shopping one day and I don't, I couldn't pin the age down, but I'm going to say 14 maybe. And mm -hmm. the first time I went and I bought a skirt, a sweater, a sweater and a plaid skirt for the fall. And I came home and I didn't say anything. I didn't say, I'm tired of wearing your hand, you know, homemade clothes. But that was a sacred no. Because I was afraid. I was afraid to come home with that sweater <laughs> and skirt because I knew my mom would be insulted. I yeah. knew it would be, I found something better out there in the world yeah. than what you can make. Yeah. So so I, I'm, I gave that example because it's not a matter of a showdown. Yeah. Where you're screaming, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. right. But there is a point and that's the tipping point. And that's when we on some level i mean that's we're trying to individuate right that's the whole whole thing you want the child to be who they are to be free to individuate but generally they have to step on the parent's toes or shut the parent down on some pick your topic right yep. absolutely in order to blossom in order to become yourself so here's the idea leos are walking billboards for this i don't know if it's your experience kate but seems like all the Leos I know are very confident about what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and what liberties they're going to take in getting it done. They seem to be very black and white about, no, I'm not going to do that. I heard what they said. We're just not going to do that. You know, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it that way. Um, you know, that's not necessary. I'm not going to jump that hoop. Yeah. So they have some sense already of knowing I'm different, I'm unique. And so that's what's to be applauded about the Leo because they become kind of walking uh, examples or uh, role models for a lot of the other sides to be who you are. Absolutely. So um, before we go into all 12 of the signs, we just kind of want to break it down because even if you're not a Leo, Leo yeah. occupies one of the houses within your chart. 
So we thought we would run through all 12 of the signs based on your rising sign and talk about where you might play this game of being seen and unseen in a different area of your life based on what house it's activating. So before we run through all 12 of those signs, we're going to hear from a quick commercial break. Okay, welcome back. So we are going to run through all 12 of the signs. Um, I know today we've already spent time talking about Leos, but if you are a Leo rising, right, Leo would occupy that first house in your chart. So that puts a big focus on self. Right. So you, you you may have a, you know, you may have a need to be seen possibly with Leo rising, but then you may meet someone who has a really, you know, strong image or popularity, and then you get involved with them. And many times you may find yourself in the sidecar, right? You may find that they're the one that, you know, everyone is interested in and you're kind of the sidekick or sidecar. So it flips. It's you. And then sometimes you put yourself in a relationship to somebody who they take the spotlight and you're on the side. And then it, it will go back and forth over the course of your life. And again, mm -hmm. I'm not talking year to year to year, right? Mm -hmm. This could be something that you've seen a decade. Oh, I'm back. I'm, I'm in the driver's seat. Now, now I'm in the side cart. I think something else could be that like when it comes to their wardrobe or their hair, you know, they might go through spurts where they're dressing really funky or they have, you know, different color hair, and then they can return back to just the brunette that's putting on a suit and going to work that their even just appearance could fluctuate again, whether it's month to month or year to year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Next, let's talk about Virgo risings. Yeah, Virgo rising. Yeah. Well, you know, what comes to mind immediately is that, you know, they might spend a lot of time wanting to get to know themselves you know, and then, then kind of move away from that self help yeah. uh, Im imagery, maybe some healing gets done. And then you go right into, you know, hard charging business stuff and don't even think about it. You flip, you flip in and out of that need of to heal, you heal, and then you flip out into a growth spurt of material success of some sort, I would say. They might also really fluctuate with like Western medicine versus Eastern medicine, yeah. where they could be really oh, wow. into one. And then, oh, the next time, you know, a couple of years later, they're just essential oils. And, uh, but because it's all about healing, so it can go into that health sector as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, next, let's talk. Oh, one other thing about Virgos is they could go through periods of their life where they feel very tethered to something, to a job, to a person, and then have to break free. But that might be kind of a cycle that they're in. Well, you're being kind using the word tethered. Okay. <laughs> I might use the word imprisoned, yeah. even something a little bit more dutiful. I yeah. need, I, I, I can't leave yeah. and have the freedom to leave at some point. Yeah. Next, uh, Libra rising. This would be happening in your 11th house of groups and community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the shifting the who's who's in the circle yeah that leo there of being uh maybe the vice president maybe being the chap head chapter head of the chapter now to being you know i'm i'm low i'm nothing in the group i'm just a you know a member of the group so we have some fluctuation in leadership about the group the team the family mm -hmm. um seen and unseen yeah. And they also might adopt like some certain technologies super early where other ones, they like naysayers, like 
there can be that seen and unseen within the technology as well. And just as a general statement for all the signs, you know, oftentimes if you're in large and in charge, people don't expect you to be unseen at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So we think of, I think of, oh, if it's a Western thing that we get, you know, big, bigger, best, we're always moving up, so to speak. And this, where the Leo is, there's a flip from daylight to darkness. So there's the, what we're trying to convey here in each of the signs, but where is that apt to happen? So being ahead of the group, organizing the group, and then you leaving the group and having nothing to do with the group, you're off in, into something else now. There, that would be the Libra theme. Yeah. For Scorpio rising, this would have to do with like your public reputation and your career. Uh, so you might kind of flip back and forth between having front of house positions. Oh, and then I'm in the back of the house. So I'm thinking of a Scorpio who, you know, she, she was a tour guide, but huh. and then she was a massage oh. therapist. Then she was a massage therapist. So she went from a very... Um, oh, that's a great example. Very public, oh you know, leading people to then working very solo and private in a dark room. Oh, yeah, very good. And I was going to say power, giving up power, relinquishing power, mm-hmm. relinquishing the audience in that case, having an audience hanging on to every word that you're saying, right, on the tour, so to speak, and now just going one-on-one and not talking for the most part, maybe even. Yeah. That could also play out with male authority figures uh, for Scorpio rising as well, where there could be on again, off again relationships with father or grandfather. There could be some kind of struggle there. Right, right. Um, Sagittarius uh, would put focus on that ninth house. Uh, So, you know, this can be star pupil. This can be head of the class. This could be class president. This could be the cheerleader energy. The idea that you may be perceived as being on top of the world. And then maybe, you know, the classic story, the class president, high school class president, then he comes back for a reunion and now they're, they're doing what? You know, that's what they did with that. They were on top of the world. Now we may see them in a lower position. Or vice versa. Right. Well, there we go. Or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. That's the idea. So ninth house is status, status and achievement. Uh, And of course, when it flips, you may be under the learning curve. You may be redefining yourself. So it's not that you're a loser type of thing. Oh, no, now I'm doing this and I'm more behind the scenes and people don't see me. So that has a valid interpretation as well. Um, and they could also maybe uh, change their religion or their belief systems kind oh, of throughout their yeah. life where maybe yes. they're super into it at one point and then they're not. Mm-hmm. 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 Next, let's talk about Capricorn rising. So this would be aspecting your eighth house. Yeah, that, that's probably a little harder one to, to talk about because it has to have to do with money. Yeah. Not having money, uh, uh, then having money going through that phase, but also the idea of being around a lot of powerful people. And again, particularly when you're young and you're around a lot of powerful people, it can make you feel kind of like nothing, so to speak, or uh, not exactly wildly successful. And then you can become that. Then you become it at some point. Then other people are going like, how did you ever do it? (laughs) Right? So it's like on both sides of the power, wealth, storylines 
sounds like there can be a little like imposter syndrome there where you're saying yes. like, am I one of you, but you're being, you're surrounded by it. Yes. Or yeah. then maybe you become one of them, but then you're surrounded by people that aren't one of you. Like there can be that imbalance of. I want to add one more thing because it's the eighth house Capricorns. If you have Capricorn rising, you have a great ability to transform yourself in life. So probably, probably Capricorn rising has a more interesting story to tell. You know, when you meet someone and go, well, how did you get here? Well, how did this happen? You know, it probably has a pretty interesting story. It wasn't just a matter of, well, this is what my dad did, so that I did it. And, you know, I mean, not like a short little story. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's chapters there. Next for Aquarius Rising, this hits uh, your seventh house of partnerships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and this would repeat that Leo theme yeah. of, you know, um, a, a fluctuation in your role in partnerships. Yeah. And also the seventh house is the community, community awareness, being seen in the community, being known in the community, and then not being known. Right. So they could form some very dynamic relationships. Easily. And then maybe, oh, there's a falling out and now you're with like a whole different crowd. Right. Or, the, or that person, Paul, that person, oh, they're no longer in the industry. They're no longer around. I, I used to know the head person. True. Right. Yeah. Uh, next for Pisces rising, this is hitting the, or Leo would be in the sixth house in your chart. So, you know, I would think this could be, we gave an example, it's kind of similar for that 10th house because sixth house is service. Mm -hmm. But again, you could be in a very forward facing service position um, and then go into oh, self-employment now. So there can be that seen unseen within the work, but I would also be curious if uh, people with Pisces rising can maybe fluctuate their weight or they can have extremes when it comes to health. When we talk about Leo. Oh yeah. This could be someone who has allergies in their twenties and then, you know, thirties. Well, I don't know. My allergies are gone now, right? <laughs> like I don't have those symptoms. Now I have something new going on outgrowing something but it also goes back to similar to virgo probably a lot of focus on western medicine versus alternative medicine yeah but even the, both worlds yeah even the pain though might come on really heavy really strong and then oh 24 hours later it's gone yeah. but it's that it's on and then it's off that's the sun it's on and then when it's off it's gone yeah it might be somebody who definitely needs sick days yeah yeah you know, more so than maybe the average person, even not because they've got a disease. They just, you know, they need, they need more, they need to protect their body. A little more bodies apply a little more sensitive. Yeah. Um, for Aries rising, uh, Leo would be in your fifth house. So this would sound probably a little bit similar to just our Leo interpretation for today, because Leo rules the fifth house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that that thing of being seen i'm the first i was the first to do this i was the first to do that i was the first that you love being the first to jump up and to be the one to see let me see if i can do it let me see being competitive certainly would be a great thing this sports could come in here as well as all the performance art and then though it's it's where you look back and go Oh yeah, no, I, oh yeah, I used to do that 20 years ago, but no, I haven't, I haven't picked up a tennis racket in 20 years, 30 years. It's like, it's off. It was on, now it's off. Yeah. Fifth house would also be children as well, which we kind of talked about earlier, but again, big focus on children. 
or yeah. it could be the very opposite. Oh no, nothing. <laughs> well, it could be the idea of a child that's very independent that leaves, that moves far away, and you know, you do, you know, lose some connection as they as they're adults. True. Uh, next, Taurus um, would be in for for Taurus. Leo would be in the fourth house. Mm -hmm. This puts a big focus on home, the family unit, uh, maybe what, what was that early upbringing? What did that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being able maybe to survive unless an ideal home environment, mm -hmm. right? The dark side of the sun, so to speak. And then now meeting the person you never guess, they say they know how to you know, treat their family and relate to their family and have made great progress. I might say also on a very just material level, this could be someone who has it, who's achieved the perfect house or the yard or the zip code or whatever it makes something enviable. And then says, then gives it up, says, I don't want all these trappings. Yeah. You know, I just want to, I'm, I'm just want a simple condo that I can shut the door and leave. And so all of a sudden we have this other side about again it's all this it comes all these storylines come in as the sacred no at some point you 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 recognize it's not serving me it's best for me to separate on some level in order to develop myself yeah so like for example i'm a pisces rising if we go back you know a couple that was about the service like maybe being in a front of house position and now you're self-employed like when I made that decision to say I'm leaving, you know, yeah. the spa industry or I'm leaving my director position at the time, like that was cathartic. Like even the way that it came to me, like, you know, I still tell the story because it's, it's, it's moving to other people. Like right. other people get inspired by my no yeah. at that time, you know, yeah, because it's in my sixth house of work. Like it's possible. Wow. Do I have another one of those storylines still in my life? Yes. Yes, but you know what? I want to say something else. It was not only cathartic for you, probably maybe cathartic is a strong word, but even as parents, it was major for us. Yeah. To hear that and all the concerns and fears and the rotating that was going to have to happen in your life. Mm -hmm. this new identity, which we had no doubt that you were going to do well, that you were capable of, you know, of moving into astrology uh, on a professional level. Uh, yeah. But again, it was a big deal for everyone. And it affected you. It rippled out. It's a, I love to talk that way that it, this rippled out to everyone around you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if we go back, to, so that was a Pisces rising, just in case you are Pisces rising, there's some additional language. But if we go yeah. back to like that Taurus, you know, in that fourth house of home, like maybe you were someone that said I had to cut off a relationship with a mom, a parent, yeah. or I had to say no. And it was the best thing for me to be able to move forward. It's extreme, but maybe your sacred nature has to do with boundaries within the, the home. Yes. That's greatly said right there. Yeah. Uh, for Gemini's, uh, Leo would be in your third house, Leo, Gemini risings. Gemini rising, right. Leo would be on their third. So there we have focus on the siblings. Yeah. On again off again relationship with the siblings again this isn't necessarily fighting or infighting it's just you know we've grown close again wow i don't know what happened there but there for a while we didn't talk too much to each other so we have the fluctuation there but it also can be aunts and uncles 
Um, it could be having like a neighbor, like I love neighborhood barbecues. I want to get to know my neighbors. And then you go, you know what? I don't care who's next door. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to get to know them. Yeah. Could be a closer relationship with like aunts and uncles versus parents even. Um, or there could even be some extreme fluctuations within their transportation. You know, oh. just thinking of Mikey, you oh. know, like um, working for Porsche, you know, some days he's driving a $20,000 car and some days he's driving a $200,000 car. Yeah. Interesting example, but just that idea of being seen where yeah. driving and down unseen. the street in a $200,000 oh car versus when yeah. we're driving down in his Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a funny example. I know it's a very specific example, but yeah, very specific, but the unseen, the ordinary doesn't yeah. mean you don't have a car. We're not yeah. saying that. It's, it's an example of you do what you're in. It's just normal average. Mm-hmm. And someone all of a sudden you flip the other week and now, oh, look at everyone's turning their head at the stoplight. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I love that. But you're, I think you're right with the siblings is that could be one of their sacred mm-hmm. no's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, have- and last we have cancer. Mm-hmm. Probably a shift in values, right? Yeah. Over the course of their life. And you might go, oh, yeah, that's when I was into healthy eating. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's when I, uh, you know, was saving up. I saved that whole decade up to buy a house. You know, your values, you're probably very flipping, not not flipping like all the time, like it's something new, but you focus in on what you want, what's most important. And you put a lot of focus there. Absolutely. Yeah, so it, kind of, it dictates your lifestyle somehow. Yeah. Yeah, that sense of security and stability for mm-hmm. cancer rising. It could be a thing of moving. When this person's ready to move, they're ready to move. That's true. Right? Relinquish. And money, uh, you know, having to go on these di- financial diets, so to speak, or or having big financial goals and going extreme. Yeah. Okay, well, that wraps up our talk today for Leos. Um, and then, of course, taking that rising sign to find out where Leo sits in your chart to to understand where your sacred no's are in this lifetime and also where you might experience extremes as the seen and the unseen. So thank you for tuning in and we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.